This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. In our first show tonight, we have a production by the Screen Guild Theater that features Cary Grant, who is looking for a job at an advertising agency, and his prospective new boss is giving him a hard time. I hope you enjoy Take a Letter, Darling. presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Take a Letter, Darling, the starring players. This is Rosalind Russell. This is Cary Grant. This is Edward Everett Horton. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Take a Letter, Darling. All of the stars on these programs donate their services and the money paid by the sponsor for these programs goes directly to the Motion Picture Relief Fund for the maintenance of their country house, caring for the members of the picture industry who are no longer able to provide for themselves. Screen Guild players present that fast-moving comedy of office romance, Take a Letter, Darling, starring Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, and Edward Everett Horton. Our play opens in the reception room of Atwater and McGregor, nationally known specialists in advertising campaigns. As the curtain rises, Tom Burney is applying for a job. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I, uh, I have a letter of introduction to A.M. McGregor. Is it about a job? Yeah, the name is Tom Burney... And the letter's from Bill Dooley. Well, looking at you, I'll say you'll get the job. Chum. Huh? <laughs> Just a second. McGregor's office. Mr. Tom Verney to see you. He has a letter of introduction from Mr. Dooley. How does he look? Do you want my opinion as an employee or um, as a female? Is there a difference? Oh, definitely. As an employee, I'd say, uh, uh-uh. But as a female... <laughs> Well, run him in. I'll take a look at him for myself. McGregor will see you right away. Thanks. Where's the office? Right down the hall. You'll see the name on the door. Come in. Uh, Mr. Verney to see Mr. McGregor. 
I know. Give me the letter. Uh, huh? I said give me the letter, Barney. Bernie. Oh, sorry. My letter's for McGregor, personally. I'm McGregor, personally. Uh, huh? Now, give me the letter and sit down. Yes, sir. What was that? Uh, I mean, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Go ahead, Barney. No, no, no. Bernie. Well, whatever it is, sit down while I read this. Well, Dooley didn't tell me McGregor was a lady. Is a lady. Oh. (laughs) Oh, did you write this letter? No, no. I heard Dooley dictate it, though. We went to school together. Oh, then you know that you're a very clever lad. And that I should be able to find a place for you here. Well, (laughs) I told him to leave the very out. Oh. Just clever. Yeah, that's just what I told Dooley. For the third time, sit down. Ouch. Now, have you ever been in advertising before? No. What have you done? Well, uh, nothing. Oh, that's quite a career. Uh, look, don't be silly. I had an income. Oh, and now your piggy bank is empty, eh? Yeah, well, you know what taxes do to a piggy bank. College graduate? Yes. Do you want to be in advertising? Well, uh, no. That's a great start. What would you like to do? Well, I guess I'm childish, but uh, that's my secret. Stand up. Can you wear clothes? Well, don't look now if I haven't any on. (laughs) Please, now, will you answer my questions and try not to be cute? Oh, pardon me. Far away. Do you dance? Very well. No prizes. Have you any uh, romantic obligations? Uh, No, no. Well, I'll give you a try. The starting salary is $50 a week. Thanks, but what can I possibly do around here that's worth $50 a week? You'll be my private secretary. Secretary? I don't know anything about typing or dictation or... Oh, we have plenty of girls in the office who are expert at all those things. Your duties will be more personal. Oh. Oh! (laughs) Well, uh, what do you say? Uh, no. No, no. What? No. Miss McGregor, I've admitted I'm here because I need the money. But if what I'm thinking is right, I'd rather go out and dig a good deep ditch. Mr. Vernick! Oh, you're sweet. In fact, you're positively precious. But believe me, I won't harm you. Well, I, I just wanted to be sure. Now, before you start, I'd like to have my little say. My last four secretaries went out of here on their ears oh, because me. their unusual duties gave them illusions of irresistible masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Do you follow me, or are you ahead of me again? Oh, I'm sorry. Now, good. Now, you go to DeJay's the Tailors right away and get yourself a full-dress suit. Here's the address. Tails? Tails. Everything. Tell them it's a rush job and to charge it to my account. We're going out tonight. It, now, you'd oh, better but, hurry. Uh, go on. Go on. You may have to have alterations. Well, uh, uh, all right. Well, wh- where will I meet you? Uh, just give me your address. I'll pick you up at your place at 7. Well? Just wanted you to know you needn't bring me a corsage. <laughs> just, just bring me a white gardenia. That won't clash with my tie. <laughs> Goodbye. You'll be ready there at 7. I don't want to wait. <laughs> At least you're prompt. That's something. Here's your gardenia. Oh, 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 oh no, Miss McGregor, you shouldn't have gone to all that trouble for unimportant little me. It's worth it. You look lovely. Get in. Well, this must seem a bit unusual to you, Vernie. It does. It is. A woman in business faces many problems. 
And the greatest problem she faces is men. Oh. I sell advertising to men. The fact that I'm a woman helps, but it also brings complications. Naturally. That's where you come in. Tonight you're saving a big advertising account for me by reassuring a jealous wife. Oh, I'm reassuring a jealous wife? We're dining with Mr. and Mrs. French. Mr. Mm -hmm. French is advertising manager of Castle Soups. And you're trying to get the account. And I will get the account if Mrs. French will stop being suspicious of the time her husband spends with me. And the simplest way of reassuring her is to introduce her to my fiancé. Oh, is he going to be there too? (laughs) He's you. Uh... Oh, I get it, yeah, okay. There's nothing now underhanded about this. No, Mrs. No. French's suspicions are unfounded, and they should be corrected. Yes, yeah, well, all I'm supposed to do is act like you belong to me. Yes, mm. of course you love me. But you're confident. Naturally. It isn't every boy has a girl bringing him gardenias. <laughs> now stop it, and don't be coy. Give Mrs. French plenty of flattery and attention, and I'll get the account from Mr. French. Oh, what's the matter? Uh, well, I don't feel honest. I don't even feel like a man. Good evening, Pierre. Ah, good evening, Miss McGregor. Have my guests arrived? Mr. and Mrs. French. Yes, they're seated at your table. This way, please. Hello. Miss McGregor. This is Mrs. French. How do you do? How do you do? May I present my fiancé, Mr. Verney? Mrs. French? How do you do? Oh, oh, did you say your fiancé? Wow, charming. I hoped you'd like him. He's mad about dancing. Aren't you, dear? Oh, certainly. They used to call me Twinkle Toes. <laughs> Would you care to dance, Mrs. French? <laughs> oh, well, if, if Miss McGregor doesn't object. Oh, not at all. Mr. French and I can talk business while we're waiting. <laughs> Dance divinely, Mr. Verney. Yeah, well, that's because you're so light on my feet. Oh, 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 I am sorry. Oh, don't apologize. It's a living. (laughs) You have a very lovely fiancé, Mr. Verney. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Mac's quite a girl. Don't you ever worry about her? I mean, spending so many evenings in business conferences with men, like my husband. Oh, go on. What is there to worry about? Mac loves me, and I trust her completely. Especially with this finer wolf, I mean a man, is your husband. Hey, uh, incidentally, Mr. French is a very lucky man. Oh, really, Mr. Bernie? How do you mean? Well, imagine the trouble he'd have if a woman like you, in the in the full bloom of maturity, should suddenly decide to spread her wings. Spread my wings? Oh, I'm Mr. Bernie. Oh, well, what a thought. <laughs> yes, isn't it, huh? <laughs> it positively makes me vibrate. Yeah, well, you're probably just warming up for the takeoff. <laughs> Mr. Verner, you say the quaintest thing. <laughs> oh, well. You're a great inspiration, Mrs. French. I hope Mr. French appreciates you. Oh, I don't think he does. No, I didn't think he would. <laughs> but then, what man could, really? Good morning. Good morning, Miss McGregor. Oh, good morning, Jeanette. Has Mr. Atwater come in yet? Yes, Miss McGregor. Oh, well, good. If anyone wants me, I'll be in Mr. Atwater's office. Well, how's the other half of Atwater and McGregor? Terrible, Mike. Just terrible. Well, cheer up. 
I'll have French's name on the contract before the day's over. I suppose I should be very happy. Oh, that new secretary of mine is a pip. Mrs. French not only isn't jealous of her husband anymore, she's wondering how she can get rid of him. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Say, am I boring you? We've just added a brand new million-dollar account to our books. Well, well, really, a whole million, well... Oh, I'm sorry, Mac, really I am, but last night I met a man who, in ten minutes, taught me to hate the world and him and myself. He sounds like a bad hangover. Who is he? Jonathan Caldwell, Jr., president of the Caldwell Tobacco Company, and I hope the Reader's Digest tests his cigarettes. <laughs> Boy, last year that was a $5 million account. Yes, and this year it may be even more. Well, forget him. He's not our headache. Justin and Smith have that account tied up for life. <laughs> That's what they think. It just so happens that Mr. Caldwell and his sister, who owns the whole company are in town now for the sole purpose of changing advertising agencies. Well, what are we waiting for? Where is he? What hotel? It's no use, Mac. I told you I talked to him last night. Well, I haven't. You not only haven't, you won't. Why not? Well, right now, Mr. Caldwell is paying alimony to four ex-wives, and it's gone to his brain, if he ever had one. At any rate, he not only hates his four ex-wives, he hates all women. Even his sister? No, he just despises her. Well, if four women have managed to talk him into matrimony, I should at least be able to talk him into a contract. Now, Mac, you're a more capable woman than I am. Oh, thanks. And I am a man. I wish you'd learn to let me finish a sentence. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. There isn't the slightest chance that you or any other woman could sell anything to Caldwell. Why, he hasn't had lipstick on his handkerchief in over a year. Well, not that I have, I mean. Where are you going? Oh, where am I going? To study the tobacco business in general and the Caldwell Company in particular. I'll be up at my cabin. You going alone? No, I'm taking my new secretary, Vernon. I'm convinced now. There ain't no Santa Claus. What's bothering you, Bernie? What, a secretary on a weekend with a boss and both of us reading? Yeah, yeah. Here are seven years of Caldwell's life in newspaper clippings. Seven years and four wives. I know. Seven years with the wrong woman. (laughs) Now he hates every woman he meets. Yeah, and according to the papers, he meets them all. Anyway, I volunteered to get this man-woman-hater's signature on an advertising contract. You'll get it. Why? Why? You're different, that's why. And the minute he finds out you're different, he's hooked. Thanks, but it won't be that simple. Oh, yes, it will. It wouldn't be for most women, but for you, it'll be a cinch. A woman without emotion can plan like a general in battle. Oh, I see. Bernie, tell me, why do you work at a job you don't like? Well, have you ever been to Mexico? What brought that on? Yeah, there are things down there yelling to be put on canvas, and I think I'm the guy to do it. Oh? How long have you been painting? Ever since I was a kid. Trouble is, I paint what I like. Nine times out of ten, that means no money. Are you good? Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Anyway, that's why I took this job. As soon as I save enough to buy a jalopy and a trailer, I'm going back to Mexico to paint my head off. Live by the sun. I've dreamt those dreams. They never come true. Well, they will for me someday. Well, I'll tell you something silly. I write poetry. Well, go ahead and laugh. Why? All of us are poets. Some of us can put it in words, and some just get a a feeling. I like you, Vernie. Well, thanks. 
Never fall in love with me, will you? I'd hate to fire you, and I would if you fell in love with me. Don't worry. Well, why do you say it like that? And I couldn't fall in love with you if I wanted to, and I don't want to. Why not? Because you're a beautiful brain in beautiful clothes, no temperature, no pulse, that's all. I'm a brain with no pulse, eh? I'm a woman, Bernie, more woman than you've ever known. If ever I fall in love, it'll be the sea dashing against rocks, and lightning flashing across the sky, and thunder rolling through mountains. Yeah, I believe you mean it. It's true. Bernie, what are you going to do? Find out for myself. Come <laughs> yeah, come here. Come on. Tom Burney, and Edward Everett Horton as Atwater. It's several days after Tom Burney kissed his boss. Instead of firing him, she entrusted him with the important job of landing the Caldwell Tobacco Company's advertising account. Right at this minute, however, she is pacing the floor in her partner's office. You know, Atwater, when I think of Tom Burney lolling around Raleigh, North Carolina, romancing Ethel Caldwell with our money, I could kill him. No, no, no. Calm yourself, Mac. Calm yourself. After all, this was your idea. It was not. It was indeed. You insisted on trying to land the Caldwell Tobacco Company's account. Now, didn't you? That has nothing to do with the case. It has everything to do with the case. I warned you to stay away from Jonathan Caldwell in the first place. Well, I didn't have any trouble landing Jonathan. Well, perhaps not. But at any rate, when you learned that his sister Ethel controlled the advertising account, you all but screamed for help. I didn't scream. And it was your idea that Bernie fly down to Raleigh with Ethel and sell her that campaign that you had created. Well, it wasn't my idea that he spend his time making love to her. Well, then give the man credit for some initiative. Listen to this newspaper story. Just listen to this. Constant companions at Southern Play Spots are Ethel Caldwell of the fabulously wealthy tobacco company and Thomas Bernie, New York advertising executive... Their whirlwind romance is the talk of Southern society. Well, I think that's wonderful. It sounds as though we're practically certain of getting the Caldwell account. Well, if we have to get it that way, I don't want the account. Oh. Oh, so that's the way the wind blows, McGregor. You're in love with Bernie. I am not. Then why are you worrying about his newspaper romance with Ethel Caldwell? Well, I... I'm I'm just tired of his ignoring my instructions. (laughs) I see. No, you don't. He hasn't answered a wire in two weeks. Well, I might point out that you haven't answered one of Jonathan Caldwell's phone calls in two weeks either. That's different. Naturally. My wires to Tom were about business. Caldwell's trying to give me a romantic sales talk. No. Yes. You mean that that four times loser wants a fifth wife? That seems to be the idea. Oh. Oh, and I suppose that after Bernie marries Ethel Caldwell and you marry Jonathan, I won't be even a junior partner in this organization. Now, don't worry about that. I'm not marrying Jonathan, and Vernie isn't going to marry Ethel. Just how do you propose to stop him? I'm going down to Raleigh and straighten Mr. Vernie out myself. (laughs) And then I'm going to fire him. (laughs) Hello? Yes. Yes, she is. She's here, yes. It's for you, Mac. Oh, well. Tell him I'm out. I can't. I told him you were here. Oh, all right. Hello? We're going to meet you right away, McGregor. 
No place. I'm taking the next train for Raleigh. Oh, that's perfect. I'll go with you. And forget about a hotel reservation because you'll stay with us at Caldwell Aiken. Your man Vernie's there with my sister Ethel. Well, thank you very much. Now, what was on your mind? Well, I'll tell you about that when I get you on my home grounds with magnolias and moonlight to help me. I'll take a chance on anything, even becoming Mrs. Caldwell number five. If I can get down to Raleigh and get my hands on Tom Verney. Hey, are you in love with Verney? What? Of course not. I hate him. Why? Oh, nothing, but I'm warning you. I want you myself. And I'm going to do everything I can to make you continue to hate Verney. <laughs> Caldwell, glad to see you. Hello, Vernie. I'm sorry Ethel and I were out riding when you and Mac arrived at Caldwell Acres. Yeah, it's just as well. I was anxious to talk to you before McGregor did anyway. Hey, uh, by the way, where is Mac? Up in her room, pouting. Coming down the train, I found out that she's really jealous of you and my charming sister. Oh, yeah? Well, it's about time. Ethel and I have been working hard enough at trying to make her jealous. Well, you succeeded. That self-sufficient McGregor is just about ready to fall in your arms if. What do you mean, if? If you don't weaken. It isn't enough just to make McGregor jealous. Huh? Now, what would you suggest? Go on, you've had four wives. You should have learned something about a woman. Well, now that you know Max jealous, don't let up. Oh, oh, really pour it on her, huh? Yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> I get it. Make her think I'm really in love with Ethel, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Announce your engagement. Make yourself obnoxious. <laughs> hey, do you think I could? <laughs> Without half trying. <laughs> Could you imagine her trying to hold out against me with you coaching me? <laughs> I don't know why you should spend so much time worrying about Bernie McGregor. He's enjoying himself somewhere with Ethel. I'm not worrying about Bernie. I'm worrying about the Caldwell Tobacco Company's advertising account. Well, you certainly don't need to worry about that. Why not? Well, when Bernie marries Ethel, he'll control the account. When, Ber- when Bernie I... marries Ethel? Who said he was going to marry her? Why, Bernie told me so himself. When? Well, this afternoon when you were up in your room resting. He said he hoped you wouldn't be jealous enough to do anything foolish, but uh, he had to look out for himself. Bernie said that? Those were his exact words. Why, that egomaniac. Why should I be jealous of him? Why should I care what he does? Well, that's exactly what I told him, Mac. Bernie doesn't mean anything to me. He was just my stooge, and not a very good stooge at that. I hope I never see him again. I'll tell him so, too. Oh, he'll just laugh and tell you not to be jealous. Jealous? Me jealous of Tom Bernie? I'll prove to him that I'm not jealous. Well, that's a great idea if you can do it. I can do it. You asked me to marry you, didn't you, Caldwell? Is the proposal still in effect? It most certainly is. Then I accept your proposal. That ought to prove to Mr. Verney that I'm not jealous of him. Good night. Who is it? Me, Tom. Go away. I've got something important to talk over with you. Well, I don't have anything to discuss with you. Oh, yes, you do. Colbert just told me you'd agree to marry him. Well, why shouldn't I? Well, being jealous of me couldn't have driven you that far. Jealous of you? You think the fact that you are marrying Ethel Colbert could have the slightest influence on my accepting Jonathan's proposal? I'm not marrying Ethel. You are, too. I am not. You sent me down here on business, and I've done everything you asked me to do. I didn't ask you to marry Ethel. Neither did Ethel. (laughs) 
Ethel's only interest in me was in getting a good advertising campaign. Well, you got it for her. Your pictures have been in every gossip column in the country. They have not. Jimmy Fiddler's mad at me. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking business. Tonight, Ethel okayed the campaign layouts and signed the contracts. Here it is. Thanks. I've uh, just earned that $10,000 bonus you promised me for landing this deal, and I'm quitting. Effective as of right now. Quitting? Where are you going? To Mexico, if you must know, in a trailer. But you can't leave me now. Can't I? Well, don't let my dust get in your eyes. Are you going alone? Certainly I'm going alone. Oh. And just to show you how stupid a man can be, I'll tell you something. I honestly believed once that you'd be making this trip with me. Me painting. And you writing your poetry. Did you mean that? Yeah. It was so real that you stubbed your toe while I was taking you through the Aztec ruin. I did? Yes. I was a fine chump. You couldn't even love Caldwell. <laughs> of course I don't love Caldwell. Oh, you don't love anything but yourself and money. Well, you're going to have more money than you ever dreamed of, Mrs. Caldwell V. You planned your life with nice, cold-blooded perfection and accomplished everything you set out to do. You're a fine money-grubbing machine. So that's all you think of that's me? That's all I think of you. As I told you once before, you're a beautiful brain in beautiful clothes. No temperature, no pulse, and that's all. Is that so? Yeah. Well, as long as we're reminiscing, I gave you the answer to that once before, oh, too. Sure. I told you then I'm more woman than you've ever known. Oh. It's true. If I weren't, I wouldn't have lost my head and told Caldwell I'd marry him just to spite you. What? I told you that love could only happen to me once. And you, you were that one. I've always known that if I ever fell in love, it, it would be the sea dashing against rocks. Lightning flashing across the sky and thunder rolling through the mountain. Well? Huh? That's your cue. Come on, Tom. Turn on the thunder and lightning. Rosalind Russell, Perry Grant, Edward Everett Burton, and Paul Stewart for your superb performances in tonight's play. Miss Russell, we enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you, Mr. Bradley. It was our fun. We'd like to express our thanks to Paramount Pictures, too, for permitting us to present our radio version of Take a Letter, Darling, adapted by Bill Hampton. Cary Grant has something exciting to tell you about next week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, Cary Grant. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players have a great dramatic treat for you. The tender and moving story of a lovable English schoolteacher. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. You will hear Mr. Basil Rathbone as Mr. Chips and Miss Merle Oberon as Mrs. Chips. I know you'll find it grand entertainment. Thank you and good night. Next week, then, Merle Oberon and Basil Rathbone will appear in Metro Golden Mayor's Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Screen Guild players are presented by Lady Esther from Hollywood. This is Truman Bradley saying thank you and good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
Stay tuned for Archie Andrews next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Archie Andrews, whose parents discovered they've locked themselves out of the house. Hello? Hello, Jughead. This is Archie. Come over right away. It's a matter of life or death. Oh, relax, Archie. Relax. For millions of readers of Archie Comics magazine, known and loved so well, Archie Andrews and all his gang. Now for our weekly visit to Riverdale. It's 10 o'clock Friday evening as we join the Andrews family, and we find Mr. and Mrs. Andrews just returning home after an evening of bridge. Well, Mary, that was quite an evening. I guess this time we showed the Hendersons who plays the best game of bridge. Yes, dear. <laughs> How much did we lose? <laughs> well, uh, if you would return my lead in that last hand, we'd have won. We... Now, Fred, let's not rehash that last hand all night. The game's over, it's late, and I'm tired. So open the door and let's get to bed. All right, then. All right. I... Oh, good grief. What's the matter? Oh, nothing, dear, but you better let me have your keys. All right, dear. My keys? My house keys? Yes, dear. I didn't take mine when we went out. But, Fred, my keys are in my purse, and I told you I was leaving my purse home tonight. Mary, what has that got to do with opening the... left your purse? (laughs) You mean to say your keys are locked inside the house, too? I'm afraid so. Oh, good grief. We're locked out. It looks that way. Well, all the time for this to happen. No keys. Mary, how can you be so absent-minded? Fred, You're always I... forgetting things. Fred, Never I... saw anyone like you for forgetting things. Fred, you forgot your keys, too, remember? Oh. <laughs> That's right, I did, didn't I? Oh, oh. oh doesn't matter, dear. Doesn't matter. I'll just ring the bell and wake Archie up. That's all. All right. For a minute, I was afraid you... Wake Archie up? Fred, you can't do that. Why not? The boy's probably just gotten asleep. But Mary, You wake him up now and you'll never get back to bed. Mary, I... Besides, it's not fair to Archie to wake him out of a sound sleep. He's a growing boy and he needs his sleep. Mary, look, I'm not a growing boy, but I need sleep, too. (laughs) Fred, I know that, but do we have to wake Archie? Nope. Nope, we don't have to wake him. We can just curl up in the front lawn and spend the night there. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, all right, Fred. I suppose we have to wake the boy up. Ring the bell. All right. Don't know why you couldn't have said that five minutes ago. Stand here all night arguing about whether to get into my own house or not. (laughs) Cold out here, too. What's taking that boy so long, anyway? Well, he'll be down in a minute. He has to put on his bathrobe and slippers, doesn't he? Mary, about you were a centipede, he could have put his slippers on by this time. <laughs> I'll ring it again. <laughs> now what's keeping him? Well, he always was a sound sleeper. Mary, a dead man would have heard the bell by this time. <laughs> well, um... Oh, me. All right, dear. I'll call him. Archie! Call again, dear. Archie! Call again. Archie! 
call again. Mary, you sound like a telephone operator. <laughs> what? Never mind, Jerry, never mind. Archie! You calling me that? Yes, and it's about time you heard me. About time? Yes. Fred, I... Mary, I'll handle this. Yes, you about time. I rang that bell for an hour. But, Dad, Now, I... get down here and open this door. Well, Dad, I... And hurry up. Well, Dad, I... can't I... stand here all night. Fred, the boy's... Mary, I... please. But, Fred, I'm trying to tell you, Archie is right there beside Mary, me. Mary, I know that, but what difference does it make if he is? The door right here. <laughs> Grief. Archie, where did you come from? Jughead's house, Dad. I went over there to do some homework with him right after you and Mom left for the Hendersons. Oh, fine. And I thought you were up in your room. Oh, well, it doesn't matter now. As long as you're here, Archie. As long as you're here, unlock that front door. Okay, Dad. Give me your keys. All right. I have them right here in my... Give <laughs> my keys. Archie, that's the point. I don't have my keys. I left them in the house. She was, you did? Yes, I did. Now, use your own keys and open that door. Well, she was, Dad. When I went to Jughead's house, I forgot you had gone out, and I didn't take my keys with me. Archie, never mind the details. Just open the door and... <laughs> what did you say? I said I didn't take my keys with me. Mary, Mary, did you hear what the boy said? He didn't no, take it. Fred, don't he, make a scene. Don't make a scene. Mary, I'll... After all, if we uh, both forgot our keys, why shouldn't Archie be entitled to forget his? Because nobody with any brains ever... I, I mean, if he took after me, he... I mean, he has no right to... 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 to grieve. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> Fred, it looks like we're locked out. Let's face it. Mary, I am facing it, but I don't know what to do about it. Gee whiz, maybe the back door is open. No, dear, it isn't. You know that ever since the time burglars broke into Mrs. Hastings' house and took $6 in Mr. Hastings' wig, I always lock all the windows and doors before we go out so nobody can get in. Including us. Fred, I didn't forget the keys on purpose, you know. Yes, Mary, I... What's that? She wish that's our fault. Oh, fine. Oh, dear. I wonder who it can be. Might be important. Yeah. It might even be Veronica. Oh, dear. Fred, we've got to answer the phone. And just how do you suggest I do that from out here? She wish maybe if we shouted hello real loud, they just... <laughs> don't be funny. Okay, Dad. Okay. Oh, dear. Frustrating to hear it and not be able to answer it. Mary, look, if it's important, they'll call back later. Besides, it seems to have stopped now anyway. Yes, so. Fred, we've got to get into that house. Yes, Mary, I know that, but how? Hey, gee whiz. What is it? An open window. An open window? Where? Where, Archie? Where? Up there in my room. Good. We'll just climb through and... Up there. In your room? Uh-huh. Oh, great. Archie, look, a lot of help that is. How are we going to get into an open window up in the second floor? Fly? She was no, Dad. We can use our stepladder. Stepladder? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, stepladder. <laughs> Archie, that's a wonderful idea. Fine, Archie. Great. Go get the ladder. Okay, Dad. It's down in the basement. Give me your keys. All right. I have the right. Don't! For the last time, I don't have my keys, so please quit asking for them. Gee whiz, I forgot. Archie, are you sure the ladder's down in the basement? Belongs in the garage. Well, I'm positive, Mom. I saw it down there just this afternoon. Well, what the dickens is it doing there? Well, you put it there. No. Oh. 
Fred, never mind what it's doing there. We can't get it mm, that fast. Oh, I guess so. But, Mary, what are we going to do? We can't stand here all night. Gee whiz, Dad, I know. No, no, what? Well, I can just run next door to Betty's house and borrow their ladder. Their ladder? Sure, Dad. Don't you remember that big extension ladder that Betty's father has? Oh, yes. Uh, that's just what we need. Run over and borrow. Okay, Dad, be right back. <laughs> well, well, Mary, now we're getting someplace. As soon as Archie gets that ladder, we'll just climb up to that open window up there and get into the house. <laughs> yes, sir, it's a good thing I thought of Betty's father's ladder. You thought of it? Fred Andrews, it was Archie who thought of it, not you. Yes, all right, yeah, all right, all right. Oh, Archie thought of it. The main thing is that as soon as he gets the ladder, we'll get into the house. Jughead. What'd you expect? The shadow? <laughs> No, Jughead, I did not expect the shadow, nor you either. Jughead, what are you doing here? Oh, well, Mr. Andrews, I brought the big book back. You what? Brought the big book back. Jughead, what is a big book back? You, you don't understand. There's no such thing as a big book back. Didn't you say you just brought one? No, I said I brought the big book back. <laughs> Jughead, I still don't know what the dickens you're talking about. I'm talking about Archie's history book. History book? Uh-huh. Archie has two history books, a big one and a small one. What about it? Well, he left the big one at my house. Yes. And I thought he might need it, so I brought the big book back. <laughs> For pity's sake. Jughead, why didn't you say so? I did, five times. <laughs> say, what are you folks doing out here anyway? Jug, we're waiting for Archie to get back here with the ladder. We're locked out. Locked out? Locked out of your house? Yes, Jughead, locked out of the house. She was, my Uncle Herman was locked out of the house once, and he had to pick the lock with a hairpin. With a hairpin? Uh-huh. And boy, did he have trouble. What kind of trouble? Wrong house. <laughs> for pity's sake. Jughead, that's very interesting, but we don't have time for your stories about your Uncle Herman right hey, now. Hey, wait, wait a minute. What? Mary, that's a wonderful idea. What's a wonderful idea? Well, why wait for Archie to get back here with that ladder and then have to go climb through a window? I bet I could pick that lock. Fred, you're fooling. I am not. As a matter of fact, picking a lock is very simple. The chief of police was showing us how it's done down at the Chamber of Commerce lecture on crime prevention last month. Why, it's a sin. Oh, but Fred, I Mary, don't... I you. tell you, there's nothing to it there. Besides, what do we have to lose? A hairpin. Just be quiet. Mary, do you have a hairpin? Well, yes, dear, I think so. There should be one of my hair right here. Oh, here it is, dear. Yeah, thank you, dear. Thank you. I should have thought of this long ago. Now, just watch the old master go to work. Yeah, Raffles Andrews, they call him. Just be quiet. Now, just put the hairpin in here. Then I turn it around till it catches on the tumbler like that. Then I give it a little twist and... Uh, that's funny. Fred, does it work? No, dear. There must be something wrong with the lock. The hairpin's stuck in it. You mean you can't get the hairpin out? No, dear, I can't. When the chief of police did it, it was the simplest thing I ever saw. Fred Andrews, a lot of help you are. Now the lock's jammed and we'll have to call someone in tomorrow no, to no, fix no, it. No, 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 dear, don't get excited. Oh, we're no worse off than we were. We just wait for Archie to bring the ladder. Then after we get into the house, I'll get some pliers and get that hairpin out myself. Oh, I don't think you... Oh, here's the... Oh, he has the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, I got the ladder, Dad. But I had to wake Betty's father up, and boy, was he mad. Oh, dear. Was he very mad? No, it doesn't matter, Mary. It doesn't matter. I'll apologize to him in the morning. The main thing is we have the ladder, and now we can get into the house. No, okay, All Dad. right. Now, then, let's... 
Oh, fine. She was there goes the phone again. Oh, dear. There must be something important. Yeah, I bet it's Veronica. Archie, she said I, she'd call. Archie, and I, I said I'd be home. And Archie, she'll think I, I'm out with another girl. What? Archie, look! There is no sense standing here moaning about that phone. We can't answer it. Now, the sooner we get up that, get that ladder set up, and the sooner we get up to the, where we're going, we can answer the phone, call Veronica, and see if she's the one who's calling. Yes, Dad. Stop now, anyway. Oh, come on. Get the ladder and... What was that? I don't know. She <laughs> wish that sounds like Jughead. Archie, don't be silly. Jughead is right here. Good grief, where is Jughead? Fred, that is Jughead. Yes, Mary, but where the dickens is he? Jughead, where are you? Down in the basement. How could he be down in the basement? Fred, I don't know. That basement window over there is open. He must have gone in through that. Oh, good grief. Jughead, are you down there? You're in. Get me out of here. Uh, Jughead, calm down for a minute. How did you get in there? I saw this window open and I climbed in so I could go upstairs and open the first door for you. Oh, Jughead, that's wonderful. Go ahead, go on upstairs and open the door for us. That's just it, I can't. I laid it in a closet or something and it's locked. Oh, for pity's sake. Fred, that window leads into the storage closet where I keep my jams and jellies and preserves. Good grief. Mary, do you keep that closet locked? No, dear, it isn't locked, but I keep a piece of wood in the latch so the door won't swing open. And as far as Jughead's concerned, it's locked. Get me out of this closet! Jughead, listen, can't you climb back out of the window? No! I had a jump down and I had nothing to stay on to get back up. There's nothing here but some jars. Fred, tell him not to dare stand on those jars. Well, Mary, those are I my can't... best jams and jelly. Mary, He'll I... He'll break every one of them if he tries to stand on them. Mary! I'll tell him. Well, Dr. Pete, they calm down and quit worrying about your jams and jellies. Oh, well, Fred, I don't want him to break them. It took me Mary, I said hour. I'd tell him. All right, dear. Jughead, look. I'm looking for you too far to see anything. <laughs> then listen. It looks like you had to stay right where you are for a while. What this machine? Jughead! Okay, okay. Now, Jughead, it'll take us just a minute to get that ladder up and get into the house. And as soon as we do, we'll come down and let you out of there. But right now, there's nothing you can do but sit there and be patient. You understand? He was okay. Okay. <sighs> now, remember... Don't try to climb out. You'll only have an accident. Okay, but hurry up. The trouble's gone down here. Yes, we'll hurry as fast as we can, Jughead. Oh. Come on, Archie. Let's put that ladder up. Okay, Dad. Oh. Boy, but that Jughead sure gets into things. He certainly does. We'll have him out in a minute. Now, let's just put this ladder up against the house. Okay, Dad. I have this side. Oh, good. Huh. Right. Stand it against the house. Yep. There we are. Fred, it doesn't reach high enough. Of course it doesn't, dear, not yet. We have to raise the extension half to where we want it. Oh. Now, you hold the ladder, and I'll pull on this rope to raise the other half of the ladder. Oh, okay, Dad. Okay. Let's... Yeah, attaboy, Dad. It's going up. It's going up, all right. Uh, just a little more, dear. How's that? Oh, yeah, that's fine, Dad. It's right under my window. Oh, all right. Now we're all set. 
Archie, go up that ladder and climb. Dad. Huh? Don't you dare send Archie up that ladder. Well, why not? Because it's dangerous. That's why not. He might slip and fall right off the ladder and break a leg. Fred, you go up. Oh. <laughs> all right, I'll go. Who go up? Oh, it's all right. If I slip and break a leg, I suppose. It doesn't matter if I Dad, break a leg. I didn't doesn't mean that at all. I, I meant it, you'll be more cautious about it, dear. You know how reckless youngsters are. She was, Mom. I'm not reckless. Never mind, Archie. Your mother is right. I'll go up the ladder. She was okay, okay. But I can climb a ladder just as good as anyone. There's some other time, Archie. Well, here I go. Be careful now, Fred. Yes, I am, dear. I am. Ah, boy, Dad. Keep going. Yes, Archie. Careful, Dad. You're coming to the extension now. Careful. I know it, Archie. I know it. I... Oh, 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 no, Dad, you're slipping. Oh, oh, oh. Fred, what happened? Mary, you saw what happened. I got halfway up that ladder. The darn extension slipped, and I slid back down. That's what happened. Gee whiz. You know, it probably didn't lock in place like it was supposed to. It probably didn't. Oh, I was lucky I didn't fall off there and break my neck. I... Hello, everybody. Gee whiz, Betty. Oh, fine. Hello, Betty. How's the ladder working out, Mr. Andrews? Betty, so far the ladder is not working out. It isn't? No, it isn't. I put the ladder up, then I got halfway up, then the extension slipped back, and I slid off the ladder. Oh, golly, no wonder. Huh? You've got the ladder wrong side out. Wrong side out? Uh Uh-huh, sure. Hmm? Turn it over so the extension part is outside and then it can't slip. Uh, Oh, well, is that why it slipped? Oh, sure it is, Mr. Andrews. I'm sure that's why. Positive that's why. I think. Uh, Well, maybe you're right, Betty. Well, yeah, I think you are right. Come on, Archie. Let's twist the ladder around so I can use the other side of it. Okay, Dad. Uh, yeah. e- easy now. Oh, yeah. 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 Now uh, I got it. There we are. Uh, now I'll raise the extension again, and we're all set. Yeah. Sure. I should have thought of that myself. Yeah, now it's okay. Oh, Fred, be careful. Oh, don't worry, Mrs. Andrews. It'll work all right now. Yes, sir. Can't miss now. Uh, after all, a ladder is a simple I'll get up there this time where my name is Fred Andrews. Call me Joe. <laughs> she whiffed. Golly, Fred, did you hurt yourself? Mary, I didn't do myself any good. Oh, oh, my back. Oh, golly, I'm sorry, Mr. Andrews. I guess the other way was right in the first place. Right in the first place? Betty, I... Fred, don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. I fall off a ladder. I nearly killed myself because Betty tells me to turn it over. And you tell me not to make a scene. Mary, I... I Arguing about it won't do any good. If you don't know how to use that ladder, don't use it. But we've got to get into the house. All right, dear, all right. But if we're going to get into that house, Mary, we'll have to find some other way of going. Oh, great. Golly, what's that? Jughead. He's in the basement. 
Oh, dear. Fred, we better see what's the matter. Jughead sounds like he's in trouble. Oh, dear. Jughead, what is it? Oh, Jughead, I'm right here. What's the matter? Jughead, I said I'm right here. What's the matter? There's a mouse in here. Jughead, you mean to say you made all that noise because there's a little mouse in there? Yeah, I'm afraid of mice in the dark. Oh, fine. Jughead, look, if there is a mouse in there, believe me, he's more afraid of you than you are of him. Yeah, but he's afraid to get out of here and I don't. <laughs> well, then you may be sure he's gone by now, so just be quiet. Okay, but when do I get out of here? As soon as we get into the house. Just be patient. He was okay, but hurry up. Yes, Jughead. Oh, that Jughead. Mary, I tell you, that boy is Fred, not right. Fred, never mind, Jughead. No, we still have to get into the house. It's getting late. Mary, don't you think I want to get into that house as much as you do? Yes, dear. But do something about it. I'm trying to, dear. I'm trying... Oh, no. She was the phone again. Golly, and you can't answer it, can you? Uh, no, we can't answer it. No, I don't want to hear any more moaning about how important the call probably is. Just let the darn thing ring and ignore it. Yeah, Dad. But whoever it is sure keeps calling back. Archie, it may be three different people who have called. Or it may even be three wrong numbers for all we know. Just forget the darn thing. Okay, Dad, okay. Stop anyway again. Now, this... Anybody have any ideas of how we're going to get into this house? Mr. Andrew? Yes? I just noticed something on the ladder. Betty, I don't want to hear any more about that ladder. It is a menace to life and limb. I am not going up on it again for a million dollars. Okay, Mr. Andrews, but I'm just curious about whether you locked it. Locked it? Well, yes, you see this gadget? It says lock here. That's so it won't slip back. Oh, good grief. I never saw that. She was no wonder the ladder kept slipping. For pity's sake. Fred, do you think it's safe to try it again if you lock it with that gadget? Well, I don't know, Mary. I... And, Dad, I'll hold the ladder this time, and we'll be doubly sure it won't slip. No, maybe so. All right, Archie. I don't know what else we can do. Let's put the ladder up there again. Yeah, okay, Dad. Uh, there we are. Now I'll raise the extension again. Well, that's fine, Mr. Andrews. All right. Now, Archie, lock that gadget. Okay, Dad. There. Now I bet it won't slip in a million years. Yeah, I don't expect to be on the ladder that long. <laughs> but you hold it anyway now, do you hear? Oh, yes, sir, Dad. I'll hold it with all my strength. All right. Now maybe we can get into this house. I... Well, and just what's going on here? Oh, I'm just going up this ladder to see... Oh, good grief. The policeman. Oh, dear. She wears Ollie. Well, uh, hello out there. Yeah. <laughs> a nice evening. Yes. <laughs> Lovely evening. But I asked you what's going on here. Well, officer, you see, my name is Fred Andrews, and this is my wife, Mary Andrews, and this is my son, Archie. Never mind the family history. What's going on here? Well, I'm getting to that, officer. I'm getting to that. You see, I live here, and we're locked out of the house. Locked out? Yes, we forgot our keys, and we're trying to get into the house. And if you wait just a minute till uh, we get in, officer, I'll be glad to show you my mortgage and prove it's my house and everything. (laughs) What was that? Good grief. Jughead again. Who? 
Jughead. He's in the basement, and he's afraid of... In the of basement? The... Listen, I thought you said you were locked out. Oh, we are, officer. We're locked out, and Jughead is locked in. Oh, you're locked out, and he's locked in. Yes, he's in the preserve closet, officer. Look, Mary, Mary, Mary I'll handle this. Yeah, you see, he's really in a jam, you might say. <laughs> you get it? Oh, my <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Jughead, what's the matter now? It's that mouse again. Jughead, I told you not to be afraid of one little mouse. I'm not, but I think he's brought his friend. <laughs> <laughs> Jughead, be quiet for just a minute. We're having a little trouble here. Okay, okay. Oh, that boy. Now, officer, I can explain the whole thing. My wife and I went out to play some bridge. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not interested in any stories. I want to see proof that you own this house. And I want to see whoever it is you've got locked in that basement. Oh, we don't have him locked in there. He just... Never mind. You yes. just go ahead and get into that house, and then we'll get this thing straightened out. No, all right, officer. I will. I will right now. Archie, hold this lamp. Oh, okay, Dad. Okay, I got now, it. I'm sure you hold it good and strong. I... Come on, now. Quit stalling. I don't have all night. Yes, officer. I am. I am. I am. Uh... Oh, I can hold the ladder now. Okay, Dad, I am. Get up there. Hold the ladder, Archie. My goodness, what's going on here? Veronica. She whispered. Veronica. Hold the ladder, Archie. Hello, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> hold the ladder a little steadier, Archie. Hi, y'all, Archiekins. <laughs> <laughs> It's also nice to see old Archie. See ya. <laughs> Hold on, Archie. Come on now. Hurry up there. I am, officer. I am. What's going on here anyway? Archie, hold the ladder. It's wobbly. That's a long story, Veronica. But were you trying to call here a while ago? Why, no, Archie. I Archie, hold to... the ladder. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. That was a softer landing than I expected. Get off my chest! You landed, you landed right on the police line. Well, Mary, I Archie, if you... My goodness, I didn't know you were on that ladder, Miss Angel. Veronica, please. Get off my chest! Yes, officer, yes, I'm very sorry. Terribly sorry. Never mind the apologies. Just get off my chest! Yes, officer. Archie, give me a hand. Here, Dad. Thank you, now, officer, See, what, I... what's going on? Jughead. Jughead, how'd you get out? I piled up a bunch of jars and climbed out. Jars? My precious preserved jars? Jughead, did you break any of those jars? My shoes weren't always strawberry colored. Strawberry <laughs> colored? My strawberry jam? Mary, I... My best jam ruler. Please. Oh, Where was Jughead anyway? Right, in the I... basement. Actually, oh, I... Just a minute. I'm sure. Oh, Golly, what a mess. Please. Why am I just... Now, listen to me, all of you. This nonsense has gone far enough. Too far, in fact. Yes, Mr. Andrews. Yes, dear. Yes, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jughead, be quiet. 
Now, there's one thing I want to say. There's one thing I want to say. I... I... Huh? I don't know what kind of shenanigans are going on around here. But, mister, if you can explain this, you better start talking and talk quick. But, officer, I tell you, I can explain the whole thing. My wife and I came home from a bridge game a while ago, and we discovered that we didn't have our keys, and the front door was locked. You see? This door right here was locked tighter than a drum, so we have to find a good grief. The door, it opened. It was open all the time. Oh. Man, we never tried the door to see if it was locked. Oh, no. Back to the Andrews. It's half an hour later and things have finally quieted down. We find Archie and his folks inside the house. Oh, oh boy, it feels good to sit down. It certainly does, dear. And how, boy, what a night. Yes, what a day. Oh, great. Uh, that phone again. Oh, gee was I'll get it, Dad. Maybe that's the same person who was calling before. Oh, me. Mary, honestly, I have never seen such a night. Neither have I, dear. But it's all over now. And I think you did a wonderful job of explaining things to that policeman. Well, Mary, it wasn't easy. Oh, but now that it's all over, let's just forget the whole thing, shall we? Yes, Gee, dear. Can you imagine that? Imagine hmm? what? That was Mr. Henderson calling. Said he'd been trying to reach you ever since you left his house. Reach me? What for? To tell you that you left your keys there. Left my keys? Listening to another chapter of the Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Zampel and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Thank you for listening, and thanks as well to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.